Hello, and my name is Terry Collins, and I'd like to welcome you to our fourth episode of An Inconvenience Rightly Considered. And today's episode is how we make the most of family dinner conversations. And during the time of COVID quarantine, most of us are having more time for family dinners together without really the competition of extracurriculars and driving to and from work, um, which inevitably reduces the number of people at the dinner table. So I've heard many people say that they are actually grateful for these family dinners and plan to try to carve out more time for family dinners post COVID. So what we're gonna talk about today is really relevant to right now and the time that we're in, but also for the future. And hopefully we'll find it all very helpful to talk about family dinners. Um, Two years ago at Oakcrest, we had an Art of Living workshop um, entitled Why Family Dinners Matter. And I'm gonna provide you a link to the documents, um, but many of the facts are, um, that I give today are from research that was done and presented during that um, workshop that we had. So we know that there's been extensive research that shows a positive outcomes for children when families gather regularly for meals together. And in a recent study, it was found that the top qualities to make families feel close during dinner was laughter and eating together, eating something everyone liked and everyone feeling included. And, and kids appreciate their parents more when they take time to share a meal. And um, bonding around the family meal is not only at the table itself, but in the preparation of the meal. And it was interesting that one study showed that 53% of tweens really wish that they could have helped more with dinner preparation. And um, so children who experience the closeness of family dinner are said to be more optimistic, feel a stronger sense of safety and security, and more likely to be positive role models themselves. And so there are many deep and enduring benefits um, to family dinners. And today I'd like to talk with my four daughters who are also Oakridge graduates about a few of them on ways to make dinner more enjoyable. So we have um, Lucy and Jill are together um, and on, on a remote location. We have Helen and also Audrey. So um, let's launch it with um, what do you think, what kinds of things happen around the dinner table that make it enjoyable for you? Or like, what do you enjoy most about mealtimes? I think um, we're always very fun and humorous. Like it's, it's never too serious all the time, but we do have that openness for um, deep and more thoughtful conversation. It's just always kind of balanced by um, just silliness. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's something that I think that kind of comfort at the dinner table also kind of translates into real life scenarios too, where you, you feel like you can have thoughtful conversations, but also, you know, be, um, right. Fun. And, and, and we have it nightly. So every single night we know that everyone's going to sit down together mm -hmm. and every, it's, it's a kind of a grounding force. Um, and everyone shares whatever they want to share. You don't necessarily have to say anything, but, it, it, it usually just like opens up the conversation to anything that you're thinking about or you want to do that day. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that's nice about it besides just being all together, which is the given is um, 
it's this set time where if you ever have something like a big announcement for the family or just like an update on what's going on in your life, like you always have that time um, where everyone's together um, and no one's on their phones, no one's watching TV, no one's, you know, chatting with their friends. It's like the focus is on the family right here, right now. And I, yeah, so just really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I know that, um, you know, you mentioned that not everybody has to speak um, and including, I think, people in the conversation is really important because there can be more dominant personalities at a table, right? And um, I know that some families have the tradition that um, each person contributes, they go around the table, you know, and each person contributes something to the conversation at dinner. And I know um, some dear friends of ours, they had, you know, this anticipation of the dinner conversation, like the, they, they were told like, everyone's gonna bring something to the table. So, it, you know, get ready for dinner, you know? And I remember one of my friend's daughters telling me when she was a teenager, she was like, oh, you know, this amazing thing just happened to me at school. Like she was nominated for something at school. And um, she got home and she told her mom, you know, I have some great news and mom is so excited. What is your great news? <laughs> she said, I'm not gonna tell you, we have to wait for dinner, you know? <laughs> so like, like people, like waiting for that moment where they can contribute and, and to make it more enjoyable for everyone to also share in the good news together. Um, I just thought it was a beautiful way that she personalized, you know, and internalized that um, tradition in their family. Um, I don't know, do you guys have anything you want to say on that or how to bring people in to the conversation? I mean, I remember, I think we did this more when we were younger, but you mom used to do you would make everyone say one interesting thing that happened that day. And I thought that was great, especially when we're younger and like angstier, or like <laughs> not as prone to conversation. I thought that was really good. But I mean, now it's more natural and everyone just sort of talks, but yeah. But yeah, we didn't have to be trained in that, right? Like it wasn't yeah. something that, that we instinctively did. It was something that we were prompted in in, <laughs> in bringing <laughs> our lives to the table, right? And, and mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, and at the time, it would sometimes be annoying. Like, we didn't like yeah. having to tell something and thinking about it, but now it's actually really nice. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. Okay, so then, um, so, you know, it's really said that the virtue is not learned by lecture, but by example. And of course, you know, the, the manners around the dinner table saying please and thank you are fundamental really to showing that you're respectful of the others and that they are important. And um, there are many ways to, to get the, to discuss and pass along a family values and to keep the conversation interesting for the kids. Um, and sometimes it can be through, I know we were talking Lucy um, yesterday, um, kind of weird scenarios that um, may be nice ways to discuss deeper <laughs> Right. So I guess the, the context here is that as a child, I, I still am a big reader. And um, I was obsessed at one point with both Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> and as was typical of our dad, he would he would open up the converse, the dinner time conversation with, okay, cage match, who would win, Dumbledore or Gandalf? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and and that, that kind of thing happened a lot. Um, but not only was it this like battle within myself <laughs> for who was my favorite character, but it really, it, it did prompt you to think more deeply about both like the themes in those books and in those movies, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the kind of, 
you know, it, it makes you think more critically about about the things that you're really interested in at that point. Um, if if even in this fun scenario, this really silly thing, <laughs> cage match, um, you get to um, kind of engage on that deeper level with it. So like, I know, like, that was one of the first times when I kind of realized that, like, the Harry Potter magic system, sorry, it's so nerdy, the Harry Potter magic system lets them do anything. Like, literally, Dumbledore would win at anything. <laughs> I think it would even be Gandalf. Sorry, guys, it's not gonna. <laughs> so like, that, that kind of thing, it just, it, it was really enjoyable, but it also, it was, you know, it made you be a little more critical of your, of your life. Yeah. That's great. Wow. So um, one of the, the studies show that um, people who grow up with their parents' stories are able to deal better when they're faced with hard times. And researchers say the ones who knew more about their families proved to be more resilient than they learned how to moderate stress. And can you speak to anything like that? Um, pertaining to parents' stories or coping with stress later on based on your family meals or? I don't know personally about like any specific stories that stand out to me, but I think um, not only the sense of community that we get around the, the um, our family dinner table, but with our extended family and how we invite them in and, and their, that kind of mealtime is essential to building that foundational relationship with cousins and aunts and uncles and, and other relatives. Um, I think group conversations in that way really build the sense of community in a way that maybe individual conversations, while really good, don't necessarily have that kind of foundational aspect to them. Um, so I, I'd say that um, family dinner for me is kind of therapeutic in that way. <laughs> yeah, we know. had, um, before our cousins moved away, uh, my cousin and her and her husband would come over almost weekly and with, with with their young kids and so it kind of integrated their their lifestyle which is we we haven't gotten there yet and none of us are married and so it, it like helped us look to the future and helped us think, think back on our own childhood and think about like parenting styles and so we had like lots of conversations about um just the, the different stages of life and how to get there and like what to do with a loan and what to do with a mortgage and how to buy a car and stuff like that just all like came naturally because we included people in our family who were at different stages. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, another awesome thing about the fact that we have this tradition of a family meal every night for dinner made it so it was the norm. So, and it was so established that we could easily welcome in other people into that mix. And so if we had friends over, it was natural they would be a part of the family dinner that night or uh, mom would invite one of her friends over and she would come and sit with us or I'd bring someone home with me from college. And, um, and it would just, it was this really natural way of like bringing them into like family discussions and they could get the glimpse of like what it's like to have this kind of a family. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think even, or having my parents, friends sit down at the table with us was really fun because I could see my parents interacting with other adults and what kind and that's I think mom this is what made me think of the stories is they would be sharing lots of stories between each other about their lives and us as kids got to sit there and listen and hear these cool adventures that other people went on and just see how our parents interacted with other adults and that was kind of like the standard that was set over a meal. 
Yeah, and I, I think like with any relationship, if you're not being shared with, you're not gonna share. So I think mom and dad, like opening up and bringing their stories to the table wasn't just about like grilling us, about making us like tell you things. It was like a very two-way street and I feel like equals, you know, it's just like a conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just funny stories too from childhood, mm -hmm. my, like about my dad when he was little and how he would, I don't know, just like, just like his, his pranks. Yeah, his, his <laughs> pranks and his like antagonism of his little siblings. And so it was funny, like being able to see my dad in that role and being able to kind of put everything in perspective when you're really annoyed at your younger brother and you're like, oh, okay, he's the same person. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was really funny, yeah. I think. For sure. This is great. And one of the highest predictors of success in a family meal, they were saying, or that families really enjoy, and that's not probably surprising to anybody, is when the dinner conversation is fun, right? And um, I know, um, I don't know, Jill, you were talking about the tradition that you have, the, the CUA breakfast. I don't know if you want to talk about that, like a meal that's really yeah, so, um I'm still in college. I'm in my junior year. And the past two years, so both my freshman and my sophomore year, my dad has um, encouraged me a lot to bring my friends over and and so, so, so that he can serve them like a brunch, a big breakfast brunch, and just have it around the dinner table. And all my friends, I've done it twice now, and all my friends each time are like, they love it so much because he really wants to open up and have everyone in and it's just a great time. And that's yeah. true. I think of all of us, right? Like I, I went to school in Texas and I didn't have, uh, you know, all my friends come over for brunch, <laughs> but I would bring friends home for spring break or Thanksgiving or something. And, and every single one of them, I think Audrey and Helen have both had this experience too. Every single one of them remarked on the, the family dinner experience and how different that was from, you know, their experience of eating dinner around the TV or, um, or, you know, parents, you know, can't make it and things are shuffled all around and the kid makes dinner for themselves. Um, and how that kind of the, the conversation that we have around the dinner mm -hmm. table is much deeper and, and therefore our relationships can be, um, more real, I guess. And yeah, I was really valued. Sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, I've had, I've driven, <laughs> I went to school up in Baltimore, so would have people come over from college to my parents' house um, randomly throughout the four years. And I've been in driving people back. I've had friends crying to me, um, just saying that they've never seen, like witnessed such familial love and like teamwork just over a meal together um, so it really was so inspiring to these other people in my life and my friends to see this and to me I'm just like yeah it's family dinner like it's it's so normal for me um, but it really made me realize like how simple it was but how how much of an impact it can have yeah I, my roommate actually I told her I was doing this and she's been over for dinner a bunch of times she was like can I be part of this? <laughs> I, I love dinner with your family. I was like, honestly, sure. You can be like a featured speaker. But um, she always says like, I think I left her at dinner one time. I wasn't there. And she said it was like the best experience of her life. And she like, they sat there for like three hours, everyone, and like talked about, I don't know, different 
philosophical problems or like, I, like they just had such a great time. And she always like, yeah, I think that's just a witness to how like great it is. And yeah. Important really. Like it, yeah. you don't like it did what Helen was saying. You don't know how fundamental that is to who you are until you get to share it with somebody who just never mm -hmm. had it before. That's beautiful. And then um, I know that, um, of course, during these COVID times, it's hard for families to get together. There's some families that aren't having family meals. And I was just thinking of ways to bring people together. And I know, Lucy, when you were at University of Dallas, I remember at least one time we put mm -hmm. you on FaceTime on the computer and we sat you at your seat at the table and we had you over for dinner. <laughs> and it really, it really helped, you know, because you have this, you, we had you there and it also kind of lightened the mood, like if it was a little bit tough, you know, you know, between certain relationships, tensions, just having somebody new to the table was really nice. And I'm sure that's happening in different families. And I don't know, I don't, Jill, do you want to tell them a little bit what happened yesterday? It was kind of spontaneous yeah. <laughs> during a, a, a vicious Scrabble yeah. argument. Exactly. We have this ongoing Scrabble game in my house right now. Um, and it's, it's like lasting weeks where you can just go back to it whenever you want. And my dad played the word funner. Oh. And <laughs> we got into a debate about whether that was a real word or not. And the Scrabble Dictionary said it was. So we called up my uh, cousin, who was a former English teacher. And we asked her. <laughs> we, uh, and, and also former, yeah. Yeah, O'Christ English teacher. We asked her what her opinion was. And she was, and she like weighed in. And we had, and then we, we brought her in for like half an hour. And, we, and then we moved on from Scrabble. We started just talking about her life and, it was it was really it was really nice yeah yeah i think i i definitely want to find more and more ways to be creative with that um because it doesn't just have to be like a like a zoom call happy hour or like you know whatever it can be part of the meal and i think that that um that really does add to both their experience and your experience if you have other voices around the table for sure. And we have so much technology that's available to us right now. That, yeah, afterwards, you? afterwards we were like, why haven't we done this more <laughs> often with just other family members, other people that we haven't seen in a long time just because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we should. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, so we're going easy. to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about that, yeah. I don't know, before I wrap up today, do you have any other things you wanna pitch in on? Um, uh, remarks or ideas? One thing that Jill brought up a little bit earlier we were kind of just chit-chatting in advance of this was like our family meals are very structured and like there's traditions attached with everything with preparation of food with you know sitting down in a room where there's no tvs no screens um saying prayers passing food around the table before anybody starts to eat mm -hmm. that kind of thing um and and if somebody out there is looking for practical tips i guess those would be ours for where to start is just you know establishing kind of more of a tradition ritual like not ritual but just like no, yeah. things that you always come back to practically um for how to set up that meal and how to have that meal um because then like that's taken care of right the the practical aspect is taken care of and you can focus on the conversation and and yeah i think that this was also on 
it still is always on uh, like keeping the dinner table nice. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like a, a little more elevated than the rest of the meals that we have. So my mom always says <laughs> that you like no containers on the table and it has to be put into a bowl, which is annoying. We have to clean up afterwards, but like it actually does make everything much nicer and she'll like light a candle or always have a tablecloth. So, something that's just makes it, you're like, oh yes, we are having dinner right now together and we're all, it's, it's setting it's what's happening right mm-hmm. now. It's not anything else. Yeah. And also going on traditions, we always have, everyone always has a birthday meal. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, at, like just a given every single time. And you choose what you choose your favorite meal and then your birthday. everyone else makes it. And then like someone else is making the cake. Someone else is, everyone is always involved in the preparation too, mm-hmm. except for the person whose birthday it is. And I remember even like when that was a hard tradition to keep up, like I think for, was it my 18th birthday or something like that? It was like the middle of a week. Mom and dad couldn't be there for dinner that night for some reason. It was like just really bad timing. Um, But my brothers and sisters all worked together to make me a birthday dinner and to celebrate my birthday. And I think it was literally like cinnamon rolls (laughs) that we ate that night. (laughs) But um, like they sat down with me and they celebrated, you know, my birthday. And we did have a more, you know, traditional kind of birthday dinner, I think, on the weekend. But um, that just that like commitment to um those traditions is is really important and meaningful and i think everybody every one of us recognized that which is why they wanted to to do that for me and i i i love them for it it was amazing that's you know? really cute i don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> okay so helen or audrey does there anything no i don't mean to put you on the spot no no so just you know in summary I just wanted to say you know number one thanks to my daughters for coming in uh, to help out with this today because they are uh, they do have busy lives and I really appreciate that and um, I remember hearing um, someone saying a talk that I heard one time about that we should really try to be excellent to each other and I had it written in my notebook, and every time I crawl across that phrase, it just really hits me very deeply. I find it deeply inspirational to be excellent to each other. And it's not just being nice. Um, and it could mean not commenting when you feel slighted at the table. It could be changing the topic to something that if someone is feeling like they're being interrogated at the table, you can kind of redirect the conversation to save a sibling. Um, um, finding something good and um, something good to say about someone at the table that's sincere. Of course, if it's not sincere, then there's no point in saying it, right? So um, I, I just want to conclude by recommending um, this book called The Hidden Power of Kindness. And this book was one that the Oakcrest faculty used for their summer reading a couple of years ago. And, you know, I think most people, most people that I know anyway, Um, are good people, Um, but it can really help us soar in our relationships. And um, it's an easy read. It's a superb guide on what it means really to be excellent to each other. So um, I think that's the best ingredient to have at the dinner table in any any meal. So um, thank you again for participating in um, this episode of um, Inconvenience Rightly Considered. Thank you. Thank you.